What's up, everybody? I'm Sam Mewis. And I'm Lynn Williams, and this is Snacks, where we talk about some personal stuff, soccer stuff, some real stuff, some fun stuff, all the stuffs. So, Sam, what's new since the last podcast? Well, I celebrated my birthday. I turned 29 years old. Happy birthday. You're almost 30. Happy birthday. I've heard the 30s are the best. Well, I've actually heard that too. I feel like your 20s are still kind of like figuring out what you like, what you're into. You turn 30 and you're like, I know what I like I'm gonna, and I'm going to do it. And I'm, yeah. I don't know yet for sure because I'm not there, but I'm figuring it out, you know? Yeah. And you're still young, but you have more money so you can do the things you want to do. Yeah. I hope it stays that way. I did notice yeah. I was... Um, I was yay running on the treadmill at the gym and I could see my face in the mirror really close and I could kind of just see the skin on my face moving up and down a little bit as I was running and I was kind of like this is not a great look for you you look old (laughs) I don't think I don't think that is what that means it it was not cute I was just like oh like oh my god you're not supposed to look cute while you're running first of all um and the people well, I that feel do, cute. I'm like, you're blessed. So yeah, yeah. You're, I'm not in that you, camp. You're yes, you are. You're adorable, and you have great skin on your face. Thank you. Yes, <laughs> that's the only place I have good skin. Um, but anyways, I just wanted to tell my quick little birthday story because it was such a Please. magical weekend. I my birthday was on Saturday, and on Friday I went apple picking. And sat outside at a picnic table in, like, a farm field. I, we went to Lookout Farm in Natick, Massachusetts. And I just literally was so at peace and so happy. And it was the day, this was the day before my birthday. And then I had dinner with my parents. And then on Saturday, you know what I did? I turned my phone off for the day. It was my gift to myself. And I was just present. I know. Christy was like, Sam, what do you mean you don't want to, like, talk to your family on your birthday? And I was like, I mean, I do, but I am with my some of my family and I just wanted to like enjoy the day and not feel so tied to my phone and like not be on social media and not like feel like I had to answer everybody right away so I just turned it off and I just like amazing did other stuff I went on a walk in the woods with Finn I ate a wonderful dinner that Pat cooked for me I sat out in my backyard for a little bit and just like laid in a blanket isn't it kind of crazy to think going back to like the family part that like, your immediate family now is different than your immediate family before. Like, Pat and Finn are your immediate family. I know. And it's, like, crazy. Like, my sister, my mom, and my dad are technically still my immediate family, but I am not my sister's immediate family, and that is <gasps> Well, you know what's so crazy about that is that she just, like, made more family. Like, she just chose a partner. A new family. And then made new family. And now you're now you're extended auntie. It's fucked up. That is well, I guess up, Jessica. I feel like Jessica. I feel. Like, <laughs> I'm talking to Jessica. I feel like you are maybe immediate family to Jessica, but not to the kids. I don't. I don't know. I don't think because there's not really much closer you can get than a sibling. Because it's like blood. Well, not a kid. A kid yeah, is closer. A kid. <laughs> literally her offspring yeah yeah sam yeah there is anyways anyways your birthday sounds amazing um 
I'm so happy for you. I'm actually, after this, going to be going to your birthday dinner that you're not going to be attending. But that's okay. I know. I know. I'm I'm bummed. I will pour one I'm out bummed. for you. Yeah, that sounds good. That sounds like a good plan. I will. I will. I will FaceTime in. But on, on that note, my rehab is going well. I feel like I've turned. <laughs> I feel like I've turned. On that note. Of, well, on the note that I'm not. I'm not in North Carolina to go to my birthday dinner with my friends. Okay. Unfortunately, but I ha- I do feel like I have turned a corner with my rehab. I do think I will be returning to North Carolina soon, Amazing. and. I've been running. I think I'm saying I maybe I say this later. I've been running and doing some change of direction. So it's I've had a very good week. So I'm feeling very optimistic. And Yay! it took a, it took a little bit longer than I wanted, but I'm feel like I'm on my way. Good. I mean, you have to do what's right for you and take all the time you need to get that thing healed and ready. So I'm happy. Yeah. That's very exciting. Well, thank you. And then my only other personal update is just that I am so, I I'm just such a fall person, Lynn. I am really thriving. Apple picking. I went apple picking again. Five days after I went apple picking, I went again. So I have like literally 75 apples on my dining room table. I'm just so obsessed. I just love the What fall. are you going to do just, with them? I don't know. Maybe make an apple crisp or an apple pie. I don't know. I'll have to do something. What kind of apples? Um, McCown, Macintosh. That's it. Okay. They had other ones available, but I was like, no, no. No golden delicious for me. No green apples either? They did not have any. I was going to say, that's your favorite. I do like green. You want to know my, what my actual favorite is? Yes, Macintosh. Oh, I but I, they don't—they are. I think they're like not everywhere all the time. Like I think they're A the best apple. The best Macintosh are in New England. I is my experience because I live here. <laughs> I wouldn't know that. I don't live there. But that's amazing. You sound like you've been having a great week. Um, great birthday. A great week. Great birthday present. Your knee gave you a birthday present as well. And yeah. you got to do a lot of apple picking and hanging out with your family, which is so fun. Yeah. Thank you so much. So, yeah, I am doing well. How are you? Um, well, I haven't had that kind of week. I have no personal life right now because all I'm doing is playing soccer. Sunday, soccer game. Wednesday, soccer game. Sunday, soccer game. Wednesday, Soccer game Sunday, and that's the schedule that I'm on right now. Um, I think oh, I added you... one game in there. It's okay. It's understandable. Are you doing okay physically? Um, I am doing better than I think I would expect myself to be doing, having played almost three 90-minute games in eight days. I don't Dear. know. Um, so, yeah, physically I'm doing well. Mentally I am hanging in there. Um <laughs> It's just, I think, a crazy time right now with with soccer. And, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it's it's going well. We um, won against Louisville, and then we really shat the bed in Houston. So that is unfortunate. Um, but I honestly think like there was a lot going on. You know, the Louisville game seemed more of like a super high energy like fu type of game and then the other houston game looks like we were just so drained um physically and emotionally and then coming back and playing against washington um i think the result is just disappointing because we actually played really well and we had a lot of chances um so positive out of that is we looked more like ourselves negative we didn't get any points so we play again on Sunday against Gotham and hoping for the best. 
Good. Well, I have been watching and biting my nails and cheering you guys on, and I think that you're doing everything right. So just hang in there, and I Thank am you. cheering you on like a crazy person. Thank you. From um, <laughs> uh, personally, though, on I guess on a personal front, um, exciting news: Australia just announced that they're going to start international travel again, starting November fourteenth. Oh my fingers. god! Yay! So are you guys like who, what? What's the plan? Who's on the first flight, dude? What is the plan? That is a good question. There's so many, so many moving parts. Diff- moving parts. So totally. they just announced that they're opening up, but right now it's just to Australian citizens, permanent residents, and immediate family members. So technically, Marley can get out. I can't get in. Mm-hmm. Um, but then New South Wales is cut off to Victoria. Marley lives in Victoria. Um, so we need those states to open up and then he can come here. Um, but who knows by the time that I'm able to go, maybe you'll be able to, I'll be able to, I don't know. So, but anyways, the news of an international flight even happening is so exciting. I'm like getting very anxious. Um, I've started a couple fights because I'm so anxious and Marley's like, why are you doing this? And I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, it's I I I don't know what you mean, but I can try to grasp a little bit. Similar things happen when one of us is leaving the other for yeah. a long period of time too. So yeah, you just start a fight for no reason, and you're like, yeah. "Sorry, I didn't mean to. I just am excited to see you, and because of that, I have to fight you." <laughs> so strange, but yeah, we're weird. We're weird. It's it's fine. You it's fine. It's all good. Yeah. Well, that's incredible. And then also, we have camp coming up. Um, we do have camp coming up. So that will be great. We are going to be in Kansas City and Minneapolis. And we are going to play two games. And the second game is Carly's last game. I know. We're going to celebrate Carly. Um, crazy. It's like so crazy that it's she's done. Almost. It's just like all we've known is soccer with Carly. I I know, I know. It's so true. She, I she's I mean, gosh, we could we should have done a whole podcast on this, but she's obviously just been so influential for the team and for the sport, mm-hmm. like globally. Um, I say this literally all the time. I've already said this on a podcast, but scoring a hat trick in a World Cup final is the most absurd thing I could ever imagine. So, what a legend! I I know. It's just wild. Like, I, I think that um, these games are going to be awesome for, um, you know, obviously they're supposed to be victory tour games. Also getting on the, the same page quickly because we got World Cup qualifiers coming up. But just sentimental to Carly and just all that she's done for the game. Um, I think there's going to be a couple tears shed. I'm calling it now. I think she's going to cry at the last game. That I'm betting on it. I think time will tell. Time will tell. I don't. She does, I you would, owe me twenty dollars. I mean, this is the thing: is like I could see her crying, but I'm also like I made a vow years ago to like never bet against Carly, and I don't know if crying would be betting against her oh. or for her. But I'm doing whatever is whatever she. Oh, thinks. I don't think that's betting against her at all. I think that she's just no. I see know her family, and then be like, yeah. so I don't. I don't yeah. think it's a against her or a four I think it's just like this is my prediction 
Yeah, that's fair. You're right. It's not like it's a negative thing at all. I'm just like, Carly, who knows? <laughs> Honestly, whoever knows. Who knows what she's going to do? She's going to score a hat trick in the World Cup final, score two goals in a bronze medal match. Yeah. Maybe who she'll cry. Knows? Maybe she won't. I'm not going to. Maybe gonna... she'll score five goals. Yeah. Maybe she won't. I, it, yeah. It's just, she's a never-ending surprise of legendariness. Um, well, I'm excited to see you in camp. I'm excited to get to camp. Um, one step closer to your being back here playing. I know. I think I'm going to be like, hopefully kicking the ball around a little bit. So. Oh my gosh. You can be back in our pancake circle, you think? I think, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, before trainings, me, Crystal, Abby, Sam... And now we've recruited Becky do a pancake circle and basically somebody will juggle the ball once and then it's pancake and then you juggle it twice and then you pancake three times pancake. I think and our so best, is, you get the point. I think our best is six. So we're working no, on it. No, I think we got like nine. Me, you and Crystal? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, think you, I, think you, I think you are correct with that. The bigger the group, the... The lower it starts the lower to get. The number. But, <laughs> the lower the number, but um, but I think you actually are right. In um, where were we? With the tower, with the tower of power. With the tower of power, I think is where we got eight or nine. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. That's what I think too. Same memories, Lynn. Same. We are super excited for the guest on today's episode. We brought on our good friend Midge Purse, and we had a very long and fun and giggly conversation that went way off the rails, so we're very excited for you all to hear it. But before we talk about the interview, here's a word from our sponsors. Okay, today we'd like to bring on this week's guest of Gotham FC and the U.S. Women's National Team. But she is more than just a soccer player. She's also a founding member of the Black Women's Player Collective. She sits on the Harvard Board of Overseers. And she is countless other things. But please welcome Midge Purse. Welcome. Thank you. Wow. I feel like I'm on like uh, those nighttime, those late shows, even though it's day. Just it was like, Sam, that was great. (laughs) Thank you so much. Lynn Lynn wrote that. Lynn and (laughs) Kat. Yeah, um, gassing me up. Well, what are you up to? Like, what are you doing in this current moment? Where are you? In this current moment, besides filming with you, I am in my living room in New Jersey. Um, gosh, I don't know why that I've never gotten that question. <laughs> and it really threw me a for hard, a loop. Hard hitting <laughs> questions here on snacks. It really threw me for a loop because I'm not doing anything. I was just on a BWPC meeting with our lovely friend, Jamia. Um, planning some stuff for Christmas. And yeah, that's what I was doing. Other than practice today, we had a 6v6 tournament that went awry. Tensions got really high. People were really upset. I love that. <laughs> yeah, love you that. know, I got caught in the middle of a, was it a foul or was it not a foul? I said no foul. There was no ref. I love Somehow. that for you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. What um, did, what well, you did guys your team win? My team did win. And it was classic. It was, yes. Oh, classic Mitch. Thank you. So your injury must be better. Um, I'm assuming you're back scoring goals, back causing yes. havoc in the 66. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, my quad is my quad is all good. It's just, you know, the good old hamstrings that we all deal with. 
you know that all too well, Lynn. <laughs> you too. Do I? <laughs> I know it all. <laughs> I know about all of it. <laughs> Are you healthy, Sam? I know you're I'm not healthy, wor- healthy, but like I am working on it. I am. I had a really good week this week. I think the rehab has been like a little bit slower than obviously I wanted it to be. I was like, I'll be back playing at six weeks, which was like obviously didn't happen. But I had a, actually a really good week this week. I ran like some intervals on the treadmill and okay. I'm doing some like side to side movement. There you go. So I'm going to like start doing some stuff at the field soon, which is great. And I can't wait to be back in the field with my friends. Oh, well, we're. I'm sad for you. I'm like kind of happy you're not there this weekend when we play in North Carolina. <laughs> I know. I know. This is a big weekend coming up. This podcast is going to come out the day after. So everybody will know what happened. Ah, I, I struggle posting on social media after losses. I Do you have that issue or? Yeah, well, yeah. She's going she's gonna to struggle this weekend then. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see, Lynn. I may be adding you the next day. <laughs> Um, <laughs> um, okay, Midge. Well, like soccer aside, I am in Boston and I put this question in here because I'm so obsessed with the fall and it's all I ever want to talk about to anybody who will listen to me. So I wanted to just ask you randomly, what is your favorite season of the year? Sam, it is the fall and I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Not only am I a Virgo September. Yes. But I have this thing. Gosh, I, I never thought I would share this much on a, a public setting. I fall in love every fall, every fall, every year. I fall in love in the fall. Something about the crisp air, the apple oh, cinnamon, so apple cider. Look at oh Lynn's my God, cold, you are. cold demeanor <laughs> of, of disapproval. <laughs> no, I'm just trying to understand what you're saying. I'm just trying to gather think- it all in. Thank you, Sam. That is the reaction I wanted. I think well, I'm that's Sam speaking my language. Wait till we get to the fun questions at the end. It is so fall themed because I li- I couldn't think about anything else while I was we were working on it. I was Fantastic. like, let's ask her if she likes apples. And oh, then amazing. What? Honey crisp are my favorite. <laughs> amazing. We'll get there. We are gonna get there. I'm gonna rein you guys right back in, you crazy okay. girls. Okay. Wait, last question. Okay. Have you, have you guys watched Halloween Town yet or Hocus Pocus? Not yet like in my life. Like no, just this, this season. Oh no! But which Halloween Town? Also, which Halloween Town is your favorite? One, the first one. Ah, see when I watch that back, the effects are kind of crazy. They're to me. so well. Bad. They're so bad. <laughs> they're not good. It's not they're good so for bad. like cinematic yeah. pleasure. It's, it's for memories. The, the I'm very partial to and and hear me out. Halloween Town High. I know it's a different Marnie. I know, but I'm here okay. for it. Okay, thanks. I'm yeah. here for all. I'm here for all of them. I, I would watch them all in a row if anyone would do that with me. Okay, <laughs> would you? Sounds would like you? Midge would. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> would you guys rather watch Halloween Town or um, Hocus Pocus? Both. <laughs> no, you have to pick one. You have to pick one. Um, I'd watch any Halloween. T- ah. That's hard. Another hard hitting question. 
Halloween Town because I'm not gonna lie to this day the scenes where like the um witches are singing at the adult party and all Scare the adults you? are like it scares me it scares yeah. me because it feels like a little too real like I'm trying to tell the adults which I guess now technically I would be an adult but I'm trying to tell the adults that something is awry <laughs> and they will just not listen to me that terrifies me because I could see it happening yeah I know <sighs> it is it's so scary Okay, Lynn, I'm sorry for taking over <laughs> the intro with fall convos. Why oh my God, I, lo- I loved that. It's fine. Great, 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 great. Why don't you take us forward? Okay, um, now that we got that out of the way, the fun stuff, don't <laughs> worry, we'll come back to fun stuff again. But um, we kind of just wanted to ask you some questions um, about the BWPC. How did it start? I obviously know I'm part of it, but <laughs> our listeners do not. So um, yeah, how did it start? You want like the real like reason? It's like the real reason. <laughs> the BWC was born out of the um, Challenge Cup in 2020 when there were a lot of protests going on about Breonna Taylor and George Floyd and the Inverusel was in a bubble at the Challenge Cup. Um, there was one day, well, all the teams were in this like extremely tumultuous, stressful, overwhelming place, um, because people were deciding whether or not they felt comfortable with kneeling during the anthem and not. And it sparked truthfully, the protest didn't spark these in my experience. And when I was speaking to people, but it was really the, um, the question of kneeling that made people sit down and have conversations about race and their decision during the anthem and why they felt um, so staunched in their decision as well. Um, It was kind of, I got a whole bunch of text messages from a whole bunch of black people (laughs) in the league. That's kind of how it started. And I remember like talking to Lynn, we talked like really late one night Mm -hmm. um, and we were just like, this is crazy. Like everyone is so upset. They're in such disheartening places. It is hot. <laughs> it's Utah in the summer. The air was dry. We're <laughs> no one, in a pandemic. We were in a pandemic. The the food wasn't fantastic. There's no one in the stands but national team coaches. <laughs> like it was <laughs> it was not an enjoyable time of the season. You couldn't even Uber Eats anything. Like it was it wasn't good. Um, and so I think all the conversations and the um, responsibility that the black players on all the teams were being given and delegated um, to explain, you know, the dynamic of of race in America, and then their experiences, their challenges, um, and their privileges, it, it became a lot. And then finally, the end of they kind of put the nail in the coffin, and they put out a statement that said that all the black players were feeling great and supported and everything was like peachy keen. And that was like kind of the point where we were like, all right, this is not great, but you're not going to speak to us, speak for us. And um, that's when we kind of just really galvanized everyone. We got together and we were like, let's create our own voice. It's like the point is not to attack anyone. It's not to like ostracize anyone, but it's to make sure that like what we are thinking and, and our sentiments are accurately expressed to the public. And a star is born. <laughs> um, yeah, Midge, I remember those conversations. Um, and you're right, that time sucked, for lack of better words. <laughs> it, it was just a time that um, 
you know, people were going through a lot. We were trying to play soccer the best of our ability in a pandemic, but then at the same time, having all these really hard um, race conversations and trying to explain to our teammates why it was important to us to kneel and um, have like a very unified front. Um, Sam obviously was part of those conversations because we are on the same team. Um, but I think the moment that the league put out the statement that we were all feeling supported when we had been talking behind closed doors about how we are not feeling supported um, was definitely the turning point. And um, yeah, it was like the very first BWPC meeting um, was a, a statement that we put out um, that we all got approval. And, and now look at what's blossomed. An amazing organization. Always, an amazing 501c3 <laughs> nonprofit <laughs> that is doing fantastic work nationally. I like, I'm just so excited about like the projects that we have and that we're talking about. And um, like you guys know, we just did our logo launch and our website. And I, I was talking to Crystal and Efi, and I was just like, finally, like it feels like for so long, because we got together in the middle of the season, like we didn't know what we were doing. Like we're professional athletes we are not non-profiteers <laughs> and I felt like this whole time we've been like chasing behind the line trying to get things done and finally we have like put roots in the ground and we're like actually like running um yeah it's really it's really a beautiful thing that you were like such a huge part of and I'm so thankful that you you guys have been specifically you two have been just like invaluable so I'm so grateful for you guys thank you thanks bitch yeah, um, thanks, Midge. Um, I, I think the BWPC is, like you guys just said, such an incredible organization and it's really important for the league. Um, I'm curious what some of the challenges in starting an organization like this from scratch were. Like, how did you choose leadership and decide how, how you were going to make decisions? And what were some of the hardest parts about getting everything together to where it is now? Oh my gosh. Like you're going to put me back in that space. <laughs> it's being so Sorry. difficult. <laughs> I always say it's so funny when I like land in Boston, Sam, like I start to break out from like the stress associated with like the academics. <laughs> oh, so yeah, every time I land in Boston, um, but no, like, gosh, I think gosh, there were so many challenges and like my mind is like racing with everything. Like one organizing in the very first place is super mm -hmm. difficult, like trying to get a hold of, you know, over 40 different grown women and their different opinions, <laughs> because like black people are not a monolith. We don't all like agree on every little thing, but like we have a shared experience and understanding of a very general, I like concept and experience. Um, but yeah, just like, making sure that we like what we're saying is something that everyone can get behind that everyone feels supported by making sure that on the general like everyone is supportive also on the very individual level because people's circumstances on different teams and in different markets were were very different and then just like you know it's really hard to 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 mobilize um a group like that when you're not organized and when you like don't know how to like put everything together and then like writing the bylaws and trying to figure out okay like what oh yeah that was hard. writing the bylaws that was, was hard. like 
oh that was a hell (laughs) yeah you're telling you're telling me that was so hard it was awful like okay do we need two-thirds majority or half to approve this like why half is that arbitrary (laughs) like like what like what is this and then um yeah that was another late night with me and you Mitch of writing bylaws and I was like yes we and we're not bylaw writers I took the LSAT, but I didn't take the bar. (laughs) Like we, we, it was so, so difficult. And then, you know, again, like when I talk about people not agreeing, Lynn and I all the time, (laughs) all the time, no Lynn, I think no Mitch. Well, why like, thank God, like she's so brilliant at articulating her idea clearly and succinctly that it makes things go like very smoothly and quickly, but it's just mobilizing is hard and then it was really hard to also respond to very niche Mm, timely things yeah yes things would happen and it's like okay well she's in portland i have practice at 10 a.m okay (laughs) i'm in i'm in jersey okay well let me see when you're available when are you available can you speak can we talk about it okay well contact the league contact the league who's going to be on the call who's going to make this decision like blah 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 like it's like it's really hard and during this, the entire time, we are trying to score goals <laughs> or stop goals from being scored. And it's like, I think juggling the two of them is, is something that's really difficult and very hard for people to understand unless they're in it. But I also think it's what makes this so unique and so special. Um, and I really, I'm so grateful for the, the experience and like to be in the role that I am for the BWPC because I personally have learned so much. Like, yeah no Mitch I couldn't agree more I think um one I think you've done an amazing job um rounding troops and being on top of things um Mitch was the one who got our um 501c3 actually to become a nonprofit, and so I think being able to reach out to people I don't even know how you did that but I'm just going to say that's amazing that we are actually a nonprofit. Um, but because there was so many issues, I think we had a, a hard time deciding where to start or what even to start with. Um, and because we were like, we have to, we have to announce ourselves. We've already put out this statement. Brands and groups of people started reaching out to us before we even were like structured And so I think trying to navigate like, okay, this is a great opportunity. We need to get a hold of this. This is what we want to do, but also we're not even ready yet. And balancing that as well as playing soccer, I think was really difficult. Um, But now like we have a website. Um, (laughs) I think everybody is a little bit more settled and like figuring out their role. We have committees. um, We have AC members, which Sam, you are obviously a part of. Um, But can you tell us like what, is the next step or like what projects are happening right now? Um, gosh, I don't want to ruin this project because it's like my little baby right now. Well, last year, Sam actually had the most brilliant idea of doing a Christmas gift list by black owned, um, anything, anything black owned business. And <laughs> what'd you say? Said oh, businesses. businesses. Cut that out. <laughs> black owned businesses. <laughs> Anything black owned. Um, yeah. So it's going to be kind of like the phase two of that. And um, it's something that I'm like super excited about um, just because I think even just seeing like 
going back and looking at those posts. And Sam, you were there. It was we were doing those posts in Amsterdam? Oh, no. <laughs> is when like you guys were designing those. <laughs> In well, Amsterdam. Lynn, was doing, Lynn was doing the designing. Mine was yeah. not very good. Well, like TBT to using Canva and just being like, we don't no. know what we're doing. Don't hate on Canva. Okay. I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I'm not hating on Canva. I'm just saying we have evolved. We definitely have evolved, but yeah, like, gosh. And like, now it's like when, when we put out what we're actually going to put out, I'm just like, wow, you can see it's tangible, the growth in our output. Like it, like it's, it's very visible. So yeah, that's exciting. So Christmas, I'm excited for Christmas, but I also love Christmas. Shout out to baby Jesus. Um, Sam, this, <laughs> this obviously is a midge interview, but do you want to talk about um, what you did the other night with the BWPC? Oh, sure. Um, well, players coalition is this group that was started by, I think, an NFL player or a couple of NFL players to um, just help athletes organize around causes that they're passionate about uh, when it comes to social justice and race issues. Um, I think it was Mal, I think it was Malcolm Jenkins and somebody else who started it. Um, and so there's this woman that I've been in communication with Dr. Hayward, who has been really helpful in getting players in the league set up with information about causes that we want to support so we set up a league-wide call um, just this past week for anyone who was interested in wanting to learn more about gun violence prevention um, and just ways that Black people are disproportionately affected and um, how some intervention methods are actually more effective than investing in more police. Um, so it was a really interesting call. We had some incredibly smart and helpful panelists on to kind of teach us about it. And I think doing some kind of education sessions like that are still really interesting to people who were really affected and um, whose eyes were opened last year during everything that went on, which obviously was a, a little bit late on our part, but um, hopefully we can continue to, to learn more and, and help affect more change. Um, so I, I guess my next question for you two would be, if people listening to this want to support the BWPC, what should they do? Oh, well, I didn't know yeah. if you wanted to answer. Oh, no. I mean, this is we're interviewing you. So go for it. <laughs> I know. But you're still like Lynn is on the board. So <laughs> she's well endowed to answer this. question. Well, I will say we could always take donations. I think that um, now that we have a website, um, it's much easier to donate to our causes. Some of the causes we haven't come up with yet, but um, I think the overarching goal is to have um, black people, girls be seen in access to soccer. Um, and so we obviously have, well, this isn't obvious because we haven't said it yet on this podcast, but, um, many pitches that are going up and some of that money will be going to like clinics and, um, just giving girls access to the game. So I personally think that anytime we have donations, that's going to be a big help. Um, we do this, obviously, um, we're volunteering all of our time to do this. So being able to give back, um, in that way is super important to me and the rest of the board. So, yeah, I would say like, even like most, like all of our causes aren't more launched yet. Um, mm. like we have, um, a scholarship fund that we're going to launch where you mm -hmm. can, um, 
totally fund a girl's travel and club fees to play soccer and equipment fees, or you can choose which one of those you want to fund and you can support in that way. And then we are working on a partnership with coaches across continents. And um, this one was actually kind of not to go. Yeah, I'm going to go into it. <laughs> this one, this one was kind of born out of this year and all of the things that have happened around the league um, with um, harassment and um, just situations like that. And it's um, a very much um, empowerment thing for young girls to make sure that they find their voice. And we make sure that we don't have like a culture of silence where people feel afraid to speak up for themselves. Um, and that will be launching soon. So I'm so excited to like start the programming for that. And we'll be doing those on our clinic our mini pitches. So we have a lot of things where that money is going to go. So give it, give it over. <laughs> also, yeah. Also, I just think, go look at the website, um, Midge, the, a, a lot of the website and, um, like the design of that happened when we were way at the Olympics. So when I got to see all the prints and stuff, I was shocked as well of like how amazing it looked. And, um, I know a lot of time and effort went into that. So one, check it out. It's amazing. And two, a lot of information is on there. So, um, and follow on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, is it, is it black W player collective.com? dot org <laughs> okay black w player dot org if you want to support and follow the bwpc on twitter um you can follow them at bwp underscore collective and on instagram it is black w player collective um midge have you always had an activist side even before your time in the league or before the bwpc um, I guess you can say that um, before the BWPC, or I guess I was, I was running for um, Harvard Board of Overseers on a climate crisis-based platform, so that's very activist-like. I think that um, I've always had that side. I've always been a very passionate, and I don't like the word outspoken because I like like what am I outspeaking? Like I just think I'm speaking, <laughs> so I don't know if I agree with that term. But to other people's uh, standards, I'm probably like have always been an outspoken person about things that I'm passionate with. So maybe a little and a little not. Because didn't when you played in Portland, you also had community service person of the year. Did you win that award? Oh, yeah. So like you've always been passionate about helping people, giving back. Yes, I, I think, okay, yeah. Service to me is like, it's like, I feel like my like purpose, like kind of everyone's purpose. Like, I think like part of the reason that like we are here is to serve others. Um, and so that definitely to my core is like a part of me for sure. I love that. I think that's amazing. Thank you. It's like uh, very self, it's very selfless. I feel for both of you to give and obviously volunteer so much time to a cause that you're passionate about that obviously you've been personally affected by, but to make the soccer world more accessible for the next generation and to help inspire. I feel like it's a selfless thing you're doing to give time and energy and such a commitment to kind of helping pave the way for the next generation. So I think that's wonderful girls. Thank you. Well, thank you. But you're also a part of it. So oh, yeah. we're doing yeah. the same thing. Hey, well. Sam, hands in. <laughs> 
just, just get on board. Um, oh dear. Um, can you just talk to us a little bit about your experience, um, just like as a black woman at Harvard and in Boston, um, I feel like that not only a soccer space is obviously uh, black people are minorities, but did you feel like a minority going to Harvard? Boston is obviously a historically racist city. Tell us your feelings. You, yeah, I got you. <laughs> I truthfully didn't really leave campus that much. I remember going off of campus. Like I remember every time I went off campus, like without like an organized academic or sports reason because I just didn't leave Cambridge really um unless I was going to the mall I think the thing is about Harvard is there are so many minorities like while you are a minority you are also the same in the sense that there are so many minorities like there are a lot of people from so many different places different demographics and to me that was the absolute coolest thing ever like I would sit down in a dining hall and I would talk to someone and they would be like, you play soccer. That's so cool. Oh my gosh. And I'm like, eh, it's not that cool. Like, and they're like, I'm doing like stem cell research and I've like done it. Da, 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 da. And I'm like, that's really cool. <laughs> like, like what you're doing is sick. And just like so many people in so many different spaces with like such passions, like high passions for so many different things. Like it was just that, that part of it, like the people there was the, the coolest part. Yeah. So do you feel like the place that you felt most a minority is in the soccer world then? Besides the outside, besides the outside. I went to a a Catholic high school that was predominantly white. Mm -hmm. So no, yes, no, they're kind of, they were kind of like the same space. Mm. I like, so like the soccer field didn't feel very different from like my high school experience either. Mm -hmm. Um, so no, like numbers wise, definitely not. And I also think in college, it's really easy to just create your own world based on mm. who you choose to put in it. So like a lot of my friends outside of like the soccer field were like from so many different places, like mm. international students too, who like weren't even from here. Um, so yeah, Harvard was just, I just, I think Harvard was the anomaly in mm. like, like the whole stream of things. That makes sense. Um, well, that kind of leads me to this. I brought this up with Lynn yesterday when we were talking about what we wanted to talk to you about. Um, and I feel like I've brought up on this podcast 10 times that I'm doing Pino's book clubs and I feel like I'm like bragging about it. So I'm literally on the first book. So don't give me too much credit, but um, it's this book called Minor Feelings and it's by an Asian American author, Kathy Park Hong. And she talks in this one essay about how sometimes um, I think when I don't want to butcher this, but I also don't want to read from the book. So I'm going to do my best. Um, If a minority is discriminated against and is traumatized by that, then when they are honest and open and express that to white people, white people sometimes either make them feel like they're being hostile, ungrateful. Now I'm reading from the book, jealous. Um, that white people would consider those feelings of saying, Hey, this hurts me. And this is racist to be like out of line for a minority to say, or, um, put on them. And so I, I guess I'm asking, I don't know if that made sense, but 
I guess I'm asking if it doesn't sound like you necessarily had that experience at Harvard, but I guess I could ask both of you if you have ever felt like coming forward with honest emotions and feelings of discrimination has been received with hostility and someone saying you're being dramatic or you're out of line to say that. I think that that is the most like human dynamic. I think, I think, and it goes so far beyond race. Like, I don't know. I don't know if you've heard of like this study where they like took these kids and they arbitrarily put them on two different buses and arbitrarily gave them like red shirts and blue shirts. And that was it. And out of nowhere, these kids like wouldn't eat lunch with each other. They were like, like arguing with each other, getting in fights. They wouldn't help each other do things. Like it was like, it created this other, this like against. And I think that just when you navigate the world in general, if there's anything other than you, and that component is attacking something that you're a part of, I think we all get defensive. Like if you said some like distant cousin of mine did something, I'd be like, no, they didn't. <laughs> like that's not you or someone on my team. Like if they did something wrong, like I'm probably going to like try to be like, no, they didn't first. So to answer your question, yeah, I felt that way. Like many times, like with like so many, like being akin to like so many different parts of like my entire like identity like as a woman like I've definitely have not spoken about things to men because I know that when I say that they're going to be like extremely defensive and undermine or dismiss a lot of things I'm saying and yeah that has happened to me like as a black person as well it's happened to me like in classes it's happened to me like in the soccer field in my personal life like I worked Never mind. I'm not gonna throw out. <laughs> They're one of my workplaces. I'm buzzed. <laughs> but um, yeah, it happened to me in like business settings. I did a ton of internships, like <laughs> um, where I worked in like that, like the real like business workforce. And like there are times like it, it was difficult there too. So I I think that I think most people have experienced that. Yeah, I also think it like you, the way you tell somebody something, like they have to be able to receive that in their own language. Mm. Um, and so sometimes I think that whatever our issue is, we, we just expect the other person to know how we're feeling. So then we say it in like a hostile manner to them. And then they bring back like defensiveness instead of like trying to understand how to say it into their language. So they understand. Um, and as much as I hate this, like, I think that's a huge part of having the AC group, um, a part of the, the BWPC, because for some people hearing that there's a black problem through white people, it, it resonates with them more versus black people saying to white people, there's a black person, there's a problem. You know what I mean? I absolutely, I don't hate the AC. I'm just saying, I hate that component of it. And the fact I was gonna, that <laughs> I was gonna say, you should clarify. Yeah. I know what you were saying, but again, I don't think other people. Yeah. <laughs> I, love it. I love the AC. We need them. I'm just saying, I, I just don't like that component and like that reason of them being there as well as all the other reasons. And she doesn't like that sometimes, like I can say something and it's not received, but if a white person says exactly what I'm saying, it's received and that we need that translator. But yeah, but yeah I think I'm, it is what it is. And we it love is what you it is. for it. We love you for it. <laughs> you guys it was, are great. <laughs> this, is, this is like kind of off topic because it has nothing to do with race, but um, I was listening to this guy that was talking about relationships, um, with your partner. And usually when you say something like 
for example, I'm saying, Sam, say you did something to me. And I say, I feel like you just don't listen to me. I feel like you just, anytime you say, I feel like usually it's going to be met with something defensive instead mm. of, instead of saying like, I just want to feel like you're listening to me. Mm. And for some reason it like shifts and it's like, I just want to feel important to you. I want to, I just want to feel like mm. you're putting me first. And for some reason, when you just switch it a little bit, people are like, oh my gosh, I had no idea I was making you feel that way. I'm so sorry, blah, blah, blah. So that takes so much more time. I'll tell you, that's <laughs> beautiful. <laughs> that people have learned that that is what's bothering them. But the only if I tell I- Chris how I feel, <laughs> he better recognize exactly what I said. If you have Go a stable relationship, maybe you don't need to do that. <laughs> Um, the only thing I feel like I wanted to add was that I think it's so like incredible for you, for Lynn, for you to say kind of, um, you have to explain it in a way that people can receive, because I don't think that white people are necessarily ready to receive like any criticism. Sometimes I think it's really hard for Mm. us to see fault in the way we are. And I wish it at this in the same, I know that I can't speak for all white people or all black people, but it's, yeah. it's a step forward to admit you've been wrong or that you have not been awake to this or that you didn't know. And then you just have to do the work to learn more. Yeah. yeah, yeah I think that's like, like a little so simple. <laughs> I feel like that's like a little out of human nature to admit you're wrong, but like, that's what people need to do is be like, I'm wrong when I said this, but you're wrong for not meeting me halfway. And the conclusion I'm coming to is we need more Sam Uses in the world. Well, we need to meet you more than halfway because we have discriminated against black people for we need to make up for historical mm. discrimination by doing more. Well, yeah, you mean just meeting halfway and we're not ten, even doing that. 10%, 90%. I don't know who's cutting your contracts, <laughs> but <laughs> all I'll say is that I think like in every facet of life, or if I've learned anything from 2020 is you're not going to convince someone of something if they're yeah. not ready, if they're not truly open or to, to being wrong or having erred in any way. And like, I'm the same way. Like you may come mm-hmm. to me one day about something. And I'll be like, absolutely not. Absolutely not. No way. And then the next day I may feel a little better. Like, let me hear what you have to say. And I think a lot of people are still stuck in that day where it's like absolutely not I don't want to hear it (laughs) we have to move on but like I'll even say I haven't even spoken about this with this person but there is a person in the AC who I remember like when I was younger I had a conversation with them and it, it involved race and it's like the antithesis of what we have now so like I think like it's it's like very like that's that's normal and I think that grace needs to be given to people like you don't have to like die on your hill like right Mm. now I mean I'm dying on my hill over here I'm not gonna lie but like you don't have to (laughs) and like (laughs) you can make up things you go go along and I I think in general like I do that with like more little things okay let's move on what else do you want to talk about um okay well that was awesome um I think all your guys's points were amazing so this is my favorite part of the podcast where we just pepper each other with random questions (laughs) So that's pepper. This is Uh, pepper. Speaking of pepper, I made this new Tuscan chicken pasta and I seasoned the hell out of it. And pepper made me think of it. I'll send you a picture. All right. Maybe we can get that recipe. 
um, yeah. to give to our listeners. But this okay. podcast is called Snack, so any food reference. Oh pumped. yeah, I'll send you. I'll send you my. I did a Snapchat story. I'll send, I'll send wow. You. Am I not with you guys on Snapchat? No, we are. I don't. I don't I, but Snapchat. I don't. Lynn, really. you didn't see that I made yesterday. I don't really go on that um, social Whatever. media platform. Oh, yeah. That's fine. Um, but Snapchat, if you still <laughs> want to give us a Snapchat, if you want to give us a, um, I don't promotion person. Okay. Anyways. <laughs> um, okay. Jordans ones or fours. <gasps> you have to pick one. No. You have to pick one. You have to, I'm not going on the record on that. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> you have to, what's your answer? I'm not the one getting questioned. Okay. No, but I'm curious because you actually put, yeah, Lynn went so far as to buy golf shoes that were fours and take out the the golf bike. Major! Major. That was our secret. That was our secret. Okay, I don't, I... Okay, maybe... Oh, okay. Wow, I was going to give you an Highs, only only highs, though. I don't like mids. Oh, I I like them. That's yeah, because I have big calves. That's because I have big calves. And if they go up too high, then it's just crazy. You mean, do your calves go that low to your Achilles? No, but but <laughs> you wouldn't understand. You have no calves, okay? I, oh. <laughs> Excuse you. <laughs> do you see these oh, calves? Damn. I see them. How Is, dare you? Uh-huh. They're huge. Um, okay, next question. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, okay, mid, mid, favorite Thanksgiving dish. Oh, I like when the mac and cheese and the stuffing touch and in, no, 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 mac and cheese and sweet potatoes, when those touch and it's like one bite. I like that. Mac and cheese, sweet potato. Do you like um, your sweet potato with like a lot of brown sugar or and like marshmallows or just normal yeah. sweet potato. Okay. It's a dessert. It's truly a dessert. Yeah. Okay. Um, what's your favorite reality TV show? Guys, did you ask me that on purpose? Do you, I yes. love reality TV. We know. I, we, I asked Lynn that. I was like, wait, doesn't it really like reality TV? <laughs> and I said, yes. Like, like in general, when I was younger, it was definitely bad girls club. Like I loved Bad Girls Club and I was not allowed to watch it. And every time my dad would come downstairs, I'd hit previous channel and go, and go to Nickelodeon. <laughs> um, right now, I'm overwhelmed. I don't know. I'm right now That's watching okay. Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, which has been really fascinating. They have, a, they have a Real Housewives of Salt Lake City? Of Salt Lake City. It's, a couple of them have been excommunicated from the Mormon church. And wow. it's it's a really, it's a really interesting. What What's your favorite Real Housewives? Potomac, because I'm from Maryland. Fair enough. Um, Marvel or DC? And Marvel. what's your favorite superhero? Okay. Iron, <laughs> Stupid Iron Man. question. Yeah, that's actually, Sam. No, no, I'm the dumbest, the dumbest question you've ever asked me. <laughs> oh my god! It, no, no, no. Just objectively, objectively, like yeah, I should have known. I should have known. Yeah, it's just not good. Um, Iron Man also is like my like. I have a crush on Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man specifically, not like mm. out of it. But yeah, I like Classic. love Iron Man. 
Yeah. Okay. Apple pie or pumpkin pie? Apple. Me too. I love apple yeah. pie. A little scoop of ice favorite. cream. Do you warm it up? Yeah. 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 With a little scoop of ice cream. Yeah. Can I just also ask like apple pie or sweet potato pie? <gasps> Sam, have you had sweet potato pie? Uh, I think we kind of just have pumpkin pie. Okay. We only have sweet potato pie, so don't feel bad. It's a cultural thing. <laughs> My Aunt Flo makes the best sweet potato pie. Like this. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, dang. That sounds good. It's so good. Okay. So it, it sounds like sweet potato pie. No, because I only like my own flows. How about, I don't how about know. a slice of each? Yeah. Yeah. What are you limiting me for? What is I do a sli- I, every Thanksgiving, I do a slice of each. What about pecan pie? pie. Pecan pie. Whatever you want to add call a, it. Add a slice. I'll have three slices. I, say, <laughs> I don't say pecan. I don't know why I said that. I say pecan. pecan. I lived on a pecan <laughs> farm, so I can say whatever I want. No, you'd probably say pecan. <laughs> I said pecan. Wow. Goodness. We are going the nap. off. <laughs> All right. Next question. Uh, on the apple theme, apple picking or pumpkin carving? Apple picking. I know. But pumpkin truthfully, carving sucks. It, it does suck a lot. I hate pumpkin carving. Did you both just do that? No. Oh, you guys were so passionate. I truthfully it's don't appreciate fun. I don't like to pick apples either. I don't like any field work. I <laughs> I would like to be inside. <laughs> it's just like, but like with pumpkins, getting the stuff out is harder than you think it is. Yep. And then you're carving and most and of the time like you shit. Yeah, you mess up and then you're like, my eyes now running into my nose because I am an idiot and I messed up. And then it rots and you throw, it's just not, it's not my favorite thing. I don't do either. So I can't be as passionate about either. Okay. Apple juice or apple cider? Sparkling apple cider. Martinelli's. Yum. (laughs) Baller. Okay. I am really moving on now. Now, you know, we had to bring back the fan questions. Don't forget. If you want to send us a question, you can submit it to just women sports on Twitter. So our first question is a silly one from Nancy Gutierrez. She asks, what are the best and worst fall snacks? Best candy corn, caramel apple lollipops. Ooh, caramel apple lollipops. Reese's pumpkins. The worst are, oh, the worst are the peanuts in the candy corn. I don't just think candy corn that. is bad. Candy corn is bad. All right. She's word. honestly, we're, we're ending the podcast now because she's not on board with candy corn. Um, you do you guys know the candy corn pumpkins, the mellow cream pumpkins. Yeah. Those, yes. Those are the amazing. Best. Do, you, do you like peeps as well? The marshmallow? Nope. Nope. <laughs> we'll, we'll have you back on for Easter midge and then maybe you can get a candy that you like around Easter time. I like caramel apples. Okay. okay. But gr- with green apples specifically. Oh yeah. That sounds delightful. <laughs> For our serious question from Shana underscore Ballin. <laughs> she asked, if you could go back and give your younger self advice, what would you say? Oh, I'd say run your own race, honey. It will save you a lot of stress. I think Along the line, we get caught up in comparing our journeys with other people's journeys, and it can drive you crazy. So just run your own race. I love that. Me too. 
Thanks. <laughs> Still a work in progress, but I love that. Every day. <laughs> um, well, Mitch, thank you so much for coming on. And thank you all so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Our show is produced by Just Women Sports. For more great sports content, go to JustWomenSports.com. Be sure to subscribe to the newsletter and follow along on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. I'm Sam Lewis. And I'm Lynn Williams, and you've been listening to Snacks. So good. Oh my god.